بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وسيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اللهم آمين So the title of uh, today's lecture is How to Master Knowledge and the objective of this lecture is to learn and study basically how the um, ulama and the scholars of old, how they systematically learnt knowledge. Many of us, or many students rather, are uh, busy and mashallah, they spend many years seeking knowledge, but unfortunately they never find the fruits of that knowledge or they never see the effect of that knowledge in terms of fawa'id, in terms of um, accumulation, memorization, etc. So the purpose of this lecture is really to find out what the process is when it comes to seeking knowledge, how to seek knowledge, um, how, what is the al-tariqatul-muthla, the best method and system to use when seeking ilm and seeking knowledge. So the knowledge that we're talking about first and foremost is the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I'm sure all of you are aware of the virtues and the excellence of seeking knowledge. And I'm sure that all of you are aware of the many nusus, many of the ayat and ahadith that um, talk about the excellence of the scholars, the excellence of knowledge, such as the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَرْفَعِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ Allah raises in rank those of you who have believed and those of you who have been given knowledge he raises them in darajat he raises them in many different ranks so this verse clearly tells us of the virtue of knowledge or the yani the fadl and the excellence of seeking knowledge likewise allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commanded his prophet وسلم, to seek an increase in knowledge when he said to the Prophet, ilma, and say, Rabbi zidni ilma, O oh my Lord, zid me, increase me in knowledge. And Imam Al-Qurtubi, in the tafsir of this verse, he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not asked the Prophet وسلم, to seek an increase in anything except knowledge, which obviously tells us of the fadl and the virtues of knowledge. Also, the Prophet وسلم, he said, Man bihi khayran, Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes good for, wishes khair for, then Allah will gives this person fiqh in the religion, fiqh fi deen. And subhanallah, there are many nusus, many ayat and ahadith fi al bab. And there are works and the ulama have spent um, their lives authoring and teaching us how to actually seek knowledge. There are books like Jami'u, Bayan al-Ilmi wa Fadlih, um, by Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi um, uh, and uh, other than them there's Kitab al-Ilm for example that you all know by Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen and there are many other works and many books um, throughout the ages that have been authored regarding knowledge and the virtues of seeking knowledge so the lecture isn't about that we all know the importance of knowledge the lecture is about how to actually seek knowledge and how to master knowledge so before we begin we need to first know the problem and once we know the problem then we can identify solutions the problem the f firstly the 
typical student of knowledge has a teacher and this teacher teaches them a metan and this metan has a function and an objective. So if the metan is in fiqh, the objective of the metan is al-halal or al-haram. If the metan is in usul al-fiqh, the objective of the metan is, is our principles pertaining to fiqh, principles that facilitate for the student to be able to reach a, a, a conclusion or a hukum in a particular fiqh issue. If the metan is in mustalah al-hadith, then the objective is to learn all the terminologies of hadith. So every metan basically has a function. So typically the student of knowledge is required to find the teacher and then this teacher teaches this student a metan, but the student must know the objective of the metan before actually, um, you know, before, before starting the metan anyway. They have to know the end result of the metan. They have to know the end, uh, what they hope to achieve from completing this metan. However, the problem that many students have is that they don't know who to go to. There are many teachers out there that teach different books and these teachers basically teach different mutun. So what happens is students end up learning something that is above their level. So methadone, if the student is a beginner student of knowledge and they are starting out in the knowledge of science of hadith methadone, instead of starting with methadone, uh, the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, they find a teacher who's teaching them methadone bulugh al-maram and they end up going to that teacher um, and learning bulugh al-maram when they haven't even studied methadone Al-Arba'oon Al-Nawawiyah or Umdat Al-Ahkam and so on. So they have, this is a khalal and this is obviously a problem. This is one classic problem. Also the teacher they may go to may not be someone who is qualified method to teach or someone who hasn't the ahliya or the, cap or the uh, capability or the qualifications rather to actually teach. And you all know the famous maqula and the famous statement of Muhammad al-Nusirin, the tabi'i, when he said, Indeed, this knowledge is deen, is religion. So look closely at who you take your religion from. So these are all questions that the student needs answers to. So the student doesn't even, isn't aware or, you know, he, he or she learns a matan that is above their level. Also, they do not know that the objective or the final objective of the metan. So even if they even if they learn a metan which is, for example, the, the right metan for them to learn, such as method in the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, they're learning this metan with the wrong intention. They have no idea what the end objective is. What are they supposed to be have what do the, what after the completion of this metan, what should they know? What are the what's the minimum required level? That they should know or standard what's the minimum standard so this is something that is um this is something that is that a student should know a student should know the objective of of a metan before actually starting a metan and when i say metan i mean metan is basically a concise and summarized uh book that summarizes a particular science such as for example the science of fiqh such as the science of usul al-fiqh, the science of hadith, the science of aqidah, the science of tawhid, wa So in Arabic, this type, this type of text or classic text is called metan, and the plural of metan is al-mutun, or al-mutun al-ilmiya, knowledge-based classic text or mutun. So 
Um, these are basically the problem. So what exactly is the solution? So there are three solutions. Number one, before I get to the solution, sorry, there's also another added problem, which is that um, the student basically may have, may choose the wrong friend. So when I say the wrong friend, I don't mean a friend who is unrighteous. They could, their friend could be righteous, but they are basically the wrong, a friend who may uh, lead them astray in the path of knowledge. And this friend, they end up following this friend to wherever he or she takes them, not knowing why they are going to a particular lesson. Their friend could be at a different level to them. Their friend could be at a more advanced level. So they end up following their, their friend to a particular teacher and then going from that teacher to a, to a particular metan or learning a particular metan that they shouldn't really be learning at this stage of their development. And obviously they have no idea what the objective and the function is. So I'm not talking about here um, that a student should never attend lessons. I'm not, here we're not talking about um, the ajr and the reward of, of going to knowledge-based lessons. So if you are a beginner student of knowledge and you end up in a lesson in al-jarh wa ta'adil by muhaddith, okay, and you've never ever learned anything in hadith before, la shak inshallah, you sitting in that lesson, you will hear the Prophet name sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you'll get to say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will be rewarded for sitting in that lesson, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, if your intention is for the sake of Allah. We're not talk, I'm not talking about that. You will be rewarded. But what I am talking about is the end result. What have you achieved in that, from that lesson? Is your mind at a, at a, at a specific level um, and is your comprehension level um, or is your comprehension ability to comprehend, is it at a, at a level for you to be able to um, benefit from this lesson? The answer is no. So I'm talking about the end result. So this person, this student may even take them to another teacher that they have who teaches them another metan, who teaches them a different function. So what the problem here is, if I summarize it for you in a nutshell, is that the problem here is that this student has no system. This student is like a person who is on a journey but doesn't know the destination. They are like a, a person who's blind on a journey in the middle of the night and has no idea where they're going, okay? So they may end up by some uh, flukily, by some, يعني, they may end up with a fa'idah here and a fa'idah there. They may end up learning this and learning that, and they may be given by the shaitan the illusion that they are actually seeking knowledge and they're actually benefiting or learning. But in reality, it's just a mirage. It's not really knowledge. This is just fawaid here and there. That's it. They're just, they're just basically they are basically just um, accumulating um, they're just accumulating a, an issue and a benefit here in fiqh, another benefit here in hadith, another benefit there in usul, a benefit there in a fa'idah there in aqidah, that's it. They're not someone who's, who has strong foundations because they, their knowledge is not based on a system. So the, the solution to all of this is that you have to know that every metan, the only way first and foremost that you will learn systematically and properly is not just by going to conferences. Conferences are all khair and they're good. You will benefit, inshallah ta'ala, some fawaid. But if you just end up going to conferences once a year, twice a year, or even five times a year, 
and that's all you do and you never revise, then you're not going to really learn a lot. Okay, you will pick up some fawaid here. So you have to know that every matan that you learn is has principles and every science has fawaid and has principles. So this is the first thing that you have to first know this, at least don't know this, know that there are principles. And at least if you know that principles exist, then you're going to go looking for it. Okay. Also, once you do this, some of these problems, inshallah, disappear. And you have to know that you have to follow the correct system for every science. Every science is a correct way of, of learning it. And generally speaking, there's one method and system that you have to follow when you're seeking any knowledge and any fan and any science, whether that's in Lugha or Hadith or Usul, it doesn't matter. Um, likewise, once inshallah, all of you, you, you implement these two, all of these problems start to dis disappear. And likewise, you will have to learn to minimize distractions during your study hours. Um, so this slide here is what I call the pseudo-maturity model. And some of you may have already seen this in previous lectures. But just to for those who weren't um, able to join those lessons, I'm going to re repeat this again for the benefit of our brothers and sisters at Medina College and the students at Medina College. Um, so there is a student maturity model. So the student maturity model basically is a guideline um, that um, yeah, and we can all use to identify where we are and what stage we are at when seeking knowledge. So when a person, so these terms that I've written here, the outsider, the pretender, the student, the first, these are, terms are not there to cause anyone any offense but rather these terms are there to basically describe the hal and the situation of certain people, okay? Awalan, when a person starts seeking knowledge, they are like someone who's looking through a, a window, they're window shopping. So they've, maybe they were attracted to seeking knowledge by seeing method and the effects of knowledge and how knowledge basically has a, a very nice effect and a good effect on an individual's iman, and their happiness and how they are more practicing as a result of seeking knowledge. So they want to seek knowledge because of this. And if they do, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, or maybe they were attracted to seeking knowledge by other things, or maybe they went on Umrah مثلاً, and they went to Al-Madina, the Prophet and they saw the, um, the beauty of the sittings of the scholars and the haber of the scholars and the students of knowledge and how beautiful their sittings are and the tranquility that descends in, the, in those sittings and they said to themselves I want to feel this as well so they came back to London in the UK and they said okay I want to start seeking knowledge so at this stage this person is an outsider usually the hell of this person is that this person has very limited Arabic um, they generally speaking they can't recite the Quran or they find it difficult to recite the Quran even from the Mus'haf um, and they basically are knowledge to them is something that has been glamorized. Um, so they want to become a student of knowledge, but unfortunately they don't know how to become a student of knowledge. So they lack, and it's difficult for them, even when they're sitting in the sittings of the, in the conferences or the students or the ulama or, the, or even the sittings of other students of knowledge, they find it difficult to grasp, grasp some basic concepts. And um, they want to learn, but their lifestyle doesn't permit them to learn. It's just, 
you know, they have to, you, when you're seeking knowledge, you have to change your lifestyle. You have to, your life has to revolve around one way or, not, or another with ilm and, and with knowledge. So it's very difficult for them. So they start to go with zeal. They have a lot of zeal and they have a lot of eagerness to learn. So they start going to every lesson that is advertised, every lesson without fail, whether it's, you know, and in Arabic, in fiqh, in usul, doesn't really matter to them. So they start going to every single lesson. And because of that, they become too overwhelmed. And when they become overwhelmed, they end up leaving and abandoning knowledge. This group of people has a high tendency to abandon knowledge in the beginning. So here, if you look at this risk threshold, they have a higher risk to abandoning knowledge. Then you have the second group of people who are the pretenders. I call them the pretenders because first and foremost, you, and we all have to pretend to be from the righteous and inshallah Allah will make us one of them. Um, and if they, you know, pretending to be from the righteous is better than pretending to be someone who isn't unrighteous. طيب? So this wasf and this, this is what they want to be. They want, they, they look like a student of knowledge. They act like a student of knowledge. They maybe even talk like a student of knowledge in certain situations, but they are not students of knowledge. They, they are what I call the pretender level. And this group here, if they obviously have no system, they're not following a systematic uh, process. Um, so they have their desire to learn has strengthened now. So they are no longer outsiders. They know the names of the ulama and the scholars. They know the names of some of the books that they should be learning, um, but they don't know how they should be learning these books, okay? Um, and they know, generally speaking, that seeking knowledge is, is for them and it's something nice and it's something good. But in reality, they haven't really tasted knowledge yet. This group of people, you see them at conferences, you um, see them usually jumping from one teacher to another, from one book to another without completing a book, they'll go to the next book. Every time a lesson is advertised, they will go to the lesson. But then a few weeks later, or even a few months later, they start to, um, they start to lose, to get bored and lose interest in the lesson because the novelty has worn out and, and that's it. So they start to basically um, start to become, you know, they start to, to become absent uh, or, or, or they start coming late to the lessons until they end up leaving this, this lesson a few months later. Another lesson, maybe even the same teacher who completed that, the book that they didn't finish, begins another book and another book is advertised and then they, they start the process again and then they come to that book and again, nothing happens. A few weeks later and they may pick up some fa'idah here and there, but they never end up finishing anything, okay? Um, and even by if they finish one book, they never go back and revise the, those books. And usually this person spends years in the same level. The third category is the student of knowledge. And this, the pretender level also has a high risk threshold. So this person is, has a, also a high risk to abandoning knowledge altogether. Then we'll move on to the student of knowledge. And this is what we all should aspire to, to at least become from this group, the student of knowledge. This person is someone who has the right attitude to knowledge. They know how to seek knowledge. They know they are a person on a journey. They may be at the beginning of the journey, but they know how to get to the end of the journey or they know how to reach their destination, okay? So there's a difference between someone who knows how to reach their destination and someone like this person who has no idea how to reach their destination. They don't even know a destination exists, so they, they have no idea. So this person, the student, 
is someone who usually is someone who places great emphasis in the Quran. They've memorized some mutun, good level of Arabic, regularly attend les lessons, they follow a system, and they've started to understand scholarly speech, and they've basically um, they, they basically have tasted the sweetness of knowledge. Then we will get to the fourth category, which is the firmly grounded. And this basically is the student maturity model. It is not the scholar maturity. We're not talking about ulama here. The ulama are above all of this. We're talking about just students of knowledge. That's all we're talking about here. So this is a firmly grounded person. This person is someone who is able to impart knowledge. They have developed their critical thinking skills. They've at least, have completed at least one metan in the majority of sciences. They can read, understand scholarly works independently. And alhamdulillah, they're able to deduce rulings from evidences, okay? So as a um, person who is interested in seeking knowledge, whatever your level is, you know your situation better than anyone, okay? And you can place yourself anywhere on this chart or you, you don't even have to use this chart if you don't want to. But this is just a guideline and for, for everyone to use and to know exactly that, you know, where you stand and really where you should go. So this takes us to the next slide. So this next slide, think of this white space in front of you as your mind, as your brain, as your mind. It's blank and you want to start seeking knowledge. You want to basically start to um, uh, learn some of the benefits and the fawaid. Know that in a, in a, looking at it from a simplistic point, point of view, know that knowledge is all about masail ilmiyyah. Every book that you open is just based on masail. Every chapter contains method and every bab contains fusul, every fossil contains uh, masail. Every chapter contains issues and masail. Sometimes the author will tell you this is, will break the issues down for you. Sometimes he will just he will talk and talk and talk and you have to pinpoint the issues and you have to be able to identify when he has moved from one issue to another. So let's say now you want to learn a particular mas'ala, you want to learn a particular issue through a system, what should you do? So let's think of the right here. These on the right here, these are your masail ilmiya. This is your masala on the right, and this is you on the left. And in between the masala, <coughs> standing between you and the masala is a methodology and a system. So you have to follow a method and a system. And you have to know that this method is based on principles. And you have to know that but first and foremost, when you are starting a to learn a masala or an issue the first thing you have to do is visualize the issue, okay? The first thing you have to do is visualize the issue. You have to picture it in your head. So if I give you as an example, method, and let's say the issue here is what is the ruling for, um, what is the ruling for a traveler to pray behind a resident, okay? So how do you visualize this issue? Okay, the simple way of visualizing is you have to know first and foremost, what is a traveler? You have to know praying behind in what is the what are they talking about? Are they talking about praying behind and involuntary prayers or is this just obligatory prayers? Okay, so you have to find out all of these issues. So oh, and also you have to know is there an ijma in the issue? Is there and this particular issue? 
there is an ijma' that the traveler is generally speaking allowed to pray behind the muqim, the, the person who is considered to be a resident. So this is obviously after you know what is a traveler, who is a traveler, what's haddu safar, man huwa al-muqim, ma huwa haddu al-muqim, wa So you have to know all of these things. So you have to know that the khilaf in this issue is the ruling on the traveler, should the traveler pray, should the traveler shorten his or her prayer if they are praying behind a resident, if they are praying behind a resident. So this is really important. So should they shorten the prayer or should they pray according to how the muqim prays? So you have to visualize the issue, whether this is in fiqh, whether this is in usul, in hadith, it doesn't matter. That's the first thing you should do. Then you have to know what the hukum is. So some books will tell you the hukum. Um, they'll tell you that hukum is is it, it's wajib, it's haram, it's halal, what is the hukum? Also, you have to know what is the dalil for the issue, if <clears throat> there is a dalil. What is the dalil? The dalil could be from the kitab, from the sunnah, from the, from the ijma', from the qiyas. What is a dalil? So you have to know all of these things. So this is the first phase. So these are the three things that you should be asking. These are questions that you should be asking yourself before you even, and once you read the issue, the mas'ala, you have to ask yourself these questions in order to find the answers. And there's the only way that you can get to a methodology is through al-mutun al-ilmiya, through by studying a particular matin. And once you have identified a matin, so let's say you're learning a hadith and the matin is al-arba'un al-nawiyya, mathalan, you have to basically have the right intention and the right niya. Because, you know, we all know that the actions of a slave are not, um uh, yeah, and accepted unless the, the intention is is correct as the prophet so you have to have the right intention also once you have this then the methodology and the system will will come inshallah ta'ala so you have to have, you have to learn a matter and have the right intention and only then will you have the right the correct methodology Okay, only then will you have the correct methodology. Obviously, all of this is done through a teacher, yani, with a mudarris and a teacher, as we mentioned earlier. Your objective should be to correct your understanding, your understanding of the Quran and the Sunnah and your understanding of the words in the metan. So you have to know the words of the metan, what the author intended by these words. You have to know all of these things. Also, you have to manage your time by following a routine when studying the metan. So... When I say routine here, really I should have put pattern. It's basically, you have to follow the right pattern. So every author has a particular way of authoring or writing. So you have to follow a pattern and also follow a routine. And all of this is useless if your intention isn't to correct your worship. Okay, so your intention has to be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it has to be for the verse. You have to always remember the, the verse. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ so you have to always correct your worship and your ibadah because if you if you do all of these things without worshiping without using these things to worship Allah then your knowledge will become a hujjatun alayk it will become something that is a proof against you rather than a proof and a hujjah for you um, and then inshallah ta'ala you will be able to understand the masail and the issues so the next thing that you have to focus on is after you've identified the dalil you have to know how is the dalil deduced. Yani, kayfa, 
يستنبط مثلا الحكم من الدليل يعني how can we how can we deduce the ruling from this particular دليل okay so this is really important also um, you have to know whether there's a khilaf or an ijma' in the issue so if it's a mas'ala in aqidiyah issue مثلا, then the khilaf will be usually will be between ahl sunnah wal jama'ah and the people of innovation so that al khilaf la yu'tabar so that khilaf although there is a khilaf then but that khilaf is some a khilaf that isn't really um, we don't pay attention to it's not considered if it's a fiqh issue yes depending on the issue then that khilaf is obviously considered so you have to know is there a khilaf so maybe the book that you're reading if the matter that you're reading tells you the khilaf and tells you one opinion then you know there's a khilaf or if the author says there is a khilaf in this issue and doesn't delve deeply into this issue then know that he doesn't intend you to know this khilaf at this stage of your studies so there's no point you going looking for it so this is really important so um if you read the biographies of the ulama and the scholars um you'll notice that in their biographies the people who authored these biographies mentioned how they sought knowledge. So it would say, مثلا, he, he or she memorized the Quran at such and such age, and then they read this book in fiqh with this teacher, and that book in fiqh with that teacher, and then when they completed this book, they, comp- they went on to that book, and it shows you, it documents how they sought knowledge. The reason for this is to teach you that this knowledge that they accumulated the, yani the, end res- the end result was they became ulama and scholars, but they had a beginning. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed you from your mother's wombs, he removed you. You had no knowledge. You did not know anything. So these scholars, they weren't born with this knowledge. Al-Imam al-Bukhari was not born with this knowledge. Al-Imam Muslim was not born with this knowledge. It was a knowledge that they acquired with the help of Allah, obviously, but through they acquired it, through a system and a methodology that they followed. And if anyone wants to become a scholar or even become a very firmly grounded student of knowledge, then the only way they can do this is by seeking knowledge through a system and a methodology. There's no point, you can't seek knowledge by just going to um, heart softeners every single day or going to um, just general lectures and conferences and then hoping that you will become knowledgeable I'm not belittling these things. These things are important, but that's not how the ulama sought knowledge. These things are like supplements. These things are things that we all need, whether you're a scholar, you're a student of knowledge, we all need to be reminded. However, what I'm talking about is not reminders. I'm talking about the nitty gritty details of seeking knowledge properly from A to Z. So you have to know whether there's a khilaf. Also, is there a rajah? Is there a desired opinion in the issue, in the mas'ala? Um, likewise, you have to focus on memorization. If you can't memorize or it's difficult for you to memorize something, then just read it and repetitively again and again. Uh, you know, you just read it again and again. When Imam al-Bukhari was asked, how did you seek, how did you learn so much knowledge? He said, by constantly looking at books. So read it constantly and repetitively. Also, continue to monitor your intention all the time. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah ta'ala, would say, uh, he says, مَا عَلَجْتُ شَيْءًا أَشَدَّ عَلَيَّ مِنْ نِيَّتِي لِأَنَّهَا تَتَقَلَّبُ عَلَيَّ I haven't um, treated anything which is more difficult for me to treat than my intention, لِأَنَّهَا تَتَقَلَّبُ عَلَيَّ because it basically... Um, 
because basically um because basically it keeps changing and it keeps turning on me okay so basically you have to always monitor your intention and you have to know that when you're seeking knowledge you're doing it for the sake of Allah you're not doing it to get noticed you're not doing it to become um, uh, someone who is who people point to and say so and so is a student of knowledge you're doing it for the sake of Allah and يعني, make sure you raqibu we have to always monitor our intention because there's no point seeking knowledge if your intention is impure and not for the sake of Allah. And subhanAllah, no action, no right, righteous action is accepted except without two um, conditions. The first being al-mutaba' that you have to make sure that this action is based on the sunnah of the Prophet and the second is al-ikhlas, sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Knowledge is no different. So the best way to do this is make sure that when you're seeking knowledge, um, always make sure that you hide yourself as, as much as possible. Okay, don't worry about um, giving knowledge or giving da'wah at first. Make sure you don't, you don't advertise the fact that you're seeking knowledge. You don't advertise that you're going to a particular lesson or you're going to this. Obviously, people will see you going to these lessons. But remember, just like you hide your salawat, you hide your voluntary prayers and you hide your voluntary fasts, hide your knowledge as well. It's the same thing. Hua, hua. It's ibadah. It's a knowledge. And if you want people, if you want people to aspire to become students of knowledge, then all you have to do is relate to them the stories of the ulama who preceded us, the scholars that preceded us and the sacrifices that they made because we can aspire to be like them, inshallah ta'ala. So this is really important. And um, Al-Imam Al-Zahabi, he mentions a, um, an, a, a, a statement of Abu Hassan Al-Qattan, rahimahullah ta'ala, in a seer. He said that, Usibtu bi Basra, he said, I was afflicted with something in Basra. And he said, the reason I was afflicted with this, he says, He says, I think I was afflicted because I was someone who spoke a lot when I was seeking knowledge. I spoke a lot and I was someone who wanted to, maybe he, he didn't say he wanted to be noticed, but he spoke a lot. He's basically saying, yani people started noticing me as a result of my speech of knowledge. And then he said, Imam al-Zahabi, he said, commenting on this, Sadaqa wallah, faqad kanu ma'a husn al-qasd wa sihhat al-niyyati ghaliban yakhafuna min al-kalam wa idhar al-ma'rifah. He said he is correct by Allah. Yani he is correct by Allah. He says that the Salaf, the righteous predecessors, although they had pure intentions, most of them were fearful of speaking, even speech, and manifesting how much they knew and their knowledge. And Ibn al-Qayyim in Al-Fawaid, he mentions that from the signs of someone having evil intentions when seeking knowledge, is that he says, Kullama this person who has an evil intention and a corrupt intention, he said, He says that this person, every time that they are increased in knowledge, they are also increased in arrogance. And he says that the more um, knowledge that they are given, um, the more arrogant they become. And the more they belittle the people, and the more 
um, self-amazed they become. This is from the signs of someone having a corrupt intention when seeking knowledge. So you have to, we have to realize that first and foremost, that Allah does not need us to seek knowledge. This is This deen is mansoor. This religion is always victorious. This religion will always have the upper hand, whether, whether we seek knowledge or not. This is in al-aqibata taqwa as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. So we are seeking knowledge first and foremost for ourselves. The reason we're seeking knowledge is to remove ignorance from ourselves first and foremost. It's for us, okay? And if anything else happens after that, which is to give da'wah and to remove ignorance from other people, then this is, this is an, a bonus and this is, an, this is a plus. But the, our first intention is for ourselves. So we seek knowledge for ourselves. And don't worry about giving da'wah. Don't, la, la taj'al, yani, subhanallah, as uh, Imam Al-Thawri was once asked, um, he was once asked, Imam Sufyan Al-Thawri, he said, he was asked, mal ahabbu ilayk? What is more beloved to you? Seeking knowledge or acting upon knowledge? Which one is more beloved to you? And Al-Imam Al-Thawri, Sufyan Al-Thawri, Amir Al-Mu'mineen of Al-Hadith, he said, إِنَّمَا يُرَادُ الْعِلْمُ لِلْعَمَلِ لَا تَدَعْ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ لِلْعَمَلِ وَلَا تَدَعْ الْعَمَلَ لِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ He said, indeed, knowledge is only sought because of actions. Do not leave and abandon seeking knowledge for actions and do not Abandon actions for seeking knowledge. Do both. This is in Hilyatul Awliya. And Abu Qilaba, who was the one of the surahs of Ayyub al-Sikhtiyani, rahimahullah ta'ala, rahimahullah al-jami' he said that, he said, If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you knowledge, then act in accordance with this knowledge. And do not be, do not let, don't, don't be worried about uh, giving da'wah or propagating what you've learned. Don't worry about this. This will come inshallah ta'ala. So you have to have the correct worship. So also, as I mentioned, look for a pattern in every, in the matter that you're reading and in the issue. So this is with, with regards to you. And I've put here tafa'ulan. I've put tafa'ulan, yani the firmly grounded. And inshallah, everyone here will be reached this level soon, inshallah. And this is a level you can reach in months rather than years if you do things properly, inshallah ta'ala. If you follow a system and you're disciplined, inshallah, you will reach this level in a matter of months. And wafadullahi wasi' na'am. So as the person, you have to choose the right friend. As a student of knowledge, I never said the righteous friend, I said the right friend. The right friend means someone who is not only righteous, but someone who follows the same method and the same system as you. Okay, sometimes someone could be righteous, but they might they are a good friend for you in, as a Muslim and someone who reminds you of Allah, sah, but they're not the right friend for you when seeking knowledge because they have no system. So um, always يعني, ask for help, always ask for help. While you're seeking knowledge, we all obviously have many questions in our head. Don't worry, first and foremost, don't have questions before you learn. This is really important. Some brothers and sisters, they have questions before they actually study. First study, and then the questions will come. It should be the opposite, okay? Once you've studied and you're, you know, you, you no doubt you'll have questions about what you're reading and what you're studying, 
ask your friends and also ask a scholar and a sheikh and also ask a scholar and a sheikh and this is something important so once inshallah ta'ala you've reached a level where you're able to do some research and academic writing you have to also follow the same methodology okay the only difference is when you're doing research and academic writing um, your critical thinking skills will inshallah ta'ala develop and this will come as a result of you following a system um, of seeking knowledge you learn how to learn autonomously on your own you will learn the importance of being accurate in speech and when in your writing making sure that the hadith that you mentioned is authentic that if you said that the hadith is in bukhari it has to be in bukhari you have to double check and triple check and don't don't rely on other people's nuqulat so this is really important and um, you will learn how to be ta'ala interact with scholarly works and ulama طيب. so that's with regards to this here in this slide here um, this slide basically just clarifies to us um, the importance of not learning too much at once because knowledge is بتدرج. it has to be done systematically and in a step-by-step -step process if you, if you, as a student of knowledge, think of yourself as a, as when you're in the begin, as a beginner student of knowledge, think of yourself as a, as like a, a baby, a, a newborn baby. If you give too much milk, if this, this newborn baby obviously has to drink from a bottle, right? Or from its mother's uh, breasts. So this bottle contains obviously a small nozzle. So the baby is able to suck on this bottle and drink according to how much he or she needs, right? And then when they're full, they just let go of the nozzle and that's it. So that's the right amount for a baby. What if, for example, we have a jug of water full of milk and we start to feed the baby from this jug of water and the baby is not able to control and then they start to, obviously, uh, the water, uh, the milk, basically, uh, they start to drown in that milk and they're unable to obviously control how much milk enters their, their small stomachs. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of milk is wasted basically because they're unable to drink it. So think of yourself as this baby. So if you, as a beginner student of knowledge, sometimes if you learn a mas'ala and you don't learn the mas'ala properly, what will happen is that um, you will become overwhelmed with information. So as an example, let's say, for example, you're a beginner student of knowledge and you come to a teacher who's explaining to you a fiqh issue, a mas'ala fiqhiyya. You've never heard of this issue before, but he explains to you the issue, he visualizes the issue for you, and then he tells you the scholars have differed in this issue, ala arba'ati aqwal, four opinions. The first opinion, the proponents are the shafi'iyya. They say this and they say that, and then they use this verse, and they use this qiyas, and they use this hadith, and the second opinion are, are the, the proponents of this opinion are the Ahnaf or the Hanafiya. They use this Qiyas and this Ijma' and they use this and that, this Dalil. And the third are the Maliki and the fourth are the Hanabila. And then the teacher tells you the, the Dalil for each one and he mentions two or three Adilla for each one. And then he tells you Sabab al-Khilaf, the reason that they differed is because of this hadith being weak according to the Ahnaf and this hadith being authentic according to the Shafi'iyya, and the reason is because there's a narrator in the hadith who is this, and this narrator met that narrator, and according to the, to the, uh, the Hanbali madhab, um, he didn't meet him, 
and the proponents of the first opinion refute the proponents of the second opinion like this and they refute. So in the midst of all of this, you're thinking to yourself, I'm seeking knowledge. You're very happy. You're ecstatic. You're thinking this is the reason why I started to seek knowledge. Now I'm learning. Now I'm seeking knowledge. What's happening is that you're, you're, you have too much info and it's too hot for you to handle. And what's going to happen is that you may be able to, to learn this mas'ala properly. Okay. Let's say best case scenario, you've picked up 80% of what you've heard. You've managed to jot it down. You've learned it, but you have no idea. Obviously all of the mustalahat that were mentioned in the mas'ala, you have no idea what ijma' is, what qiyas is, what the different types of qiyas. You have no idea of any of these things. And then um, you go to the second issue and you think to yourself, okay, this is now how knowledge is learned. So you expect the same standards in the second issue. And then the third, and then the fourth. And then what's going to happen is khalas. It's impossible. You can't continue. You're going to forget the first issue and the first mas'ala because there's, you know, your brain is too, is too small for you to handle all of that information at this point in time. It's just too much for you. Okay. So this is why you need to follow a method and a system. So that's basically too much information and that's considered, too, it's going to be too hot. Also, if you go to another teacher and he doesn't give you enough information or method and you go to يعني, whatever, okay, and you, you don't basically learn enough information. So the issue basically, you're only given bits and pieces, then that's not enough info. So that's too cold. So what you have to do is get the, 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 the get it just right and make sure you have enough information for your level of knowledge that you're in, okay? Ibn Khuldun, rahimahullah ta'ala, um, he has a, um, a, a, a beautiful statement, basically, where he mentions that um, regarding seeking knowledge, that a person should follow thalathu marahil, that a person should follow thalathu marahil, should follow basically three categories, or so, three stages, okay? So Ibn Khuldun, he says, al-ula, he says, um, so he says that العلم لا بد أن يجري وأن يسير في ثلاث مراحل الأولى he says دراسة المسائل الأساسية من كل باب وتشرح على سبيل الإجمال مع مراعاة استعداد المتعلم so the first is that the المسائل الأساسية the student is taught the basic principle the basic fundamental issues of every science and the teacher explains it to him generally speaking generally without delving too deeply into the issues Okay, so this student is given after they finish this marhala, they, they have malaka juz'iya, they have partial um, malaka, they have partial ability, and their malaka and their ability to, to absorb information is partial. It's not, it's not a lot, but it's, it's better than nothing. So, this is al marhala al The second marhala, he says, is that the student learns um, the science. Uh, learns the same issues a second time or the same matin a second time but this time instead of learning it um, or generally speaking they learn it they learn it a bit more specifically and they the teacher basically elaborates more on the issues okay and the difference between the first marhala and the second marhala is that if it's a fiqh issue in the first marhala the student is given one opinion in every in every issue, one poll in every issue. So they learn according to one madhab method on, on, on every issue. And the second opinion 
is basically in the second marhala, sorry, is this teacher tells them yushiru ila al-khilaf. He gives him an indication that there is a khilaf in the issue, okay? And he tells him that there are other opinions in this and this is the second opinion. The third marhala is when the teacher gives him all he has without any, uh, without, uh, and, and basically delves deeply into these issues, mentions all of the aqwan, and this is the third marhala is for the firm and grounded student, someone who's, who has the ability to basically absorb a lot of information and can process this information effectively. So this is important. Um, I'm going to here summarize just finally, inshallah ta'ala, in this next five minutes, I'm going to summarize basically the 20 principles that a student of knowledge must have when seeking knowledge that are mentioned in the book uh, by Sheikh Saleh Al-Usaymi. The first is that the students should strive to purify their heart, the purification of the vessel, because that's where your knowledge is going to be, in your heart, not in your brain, in your heart. And you have to, you have to purify your heart from two things, from najasat al-shubuhat and najasat al-shahwat, the impurities of the shubuhat, the misconceptions and impurities of shahwat. Second, you have to be sincere for the, and seek knowledge sincerely for the sake of Allah. Number three, you have to have ulul himma. You have to have high aspirations when seeking knowledge. Number four, you have to make sure that the knowledge that you are seeking is a knowledge that will help you to understand the Quran and the Sunnah. So there are two types of sciences. There are ulumu al-ghaya. There are sciences that are objectives themselves, such as Quran, such as the al-hadith, al-tafsir, and al-fiqh. And there are sciences that are known as ulumu ala, academic tools. And they are basically sciences that um, help us to understand the Quran and the Sunnah, which are obviously the maqsood. Number five, you have to follow the right methodology, as mentioned earlier. And you have to learn to prioritize when it comes to seeking knowledge. You have to learn to prioritize. You have to be eager to learn at a young age. That doesn't mean that if you're not young anymore and you're old or you're someone who's no longer considered to be young, then that doesn't mean it's too late. You can still seek knowledge. In fact, the majority of the companions sought knowledge in adulthood. Likewise, you have to, number eight, you have to take a step-by-step approach to seeking knowledge. You have to be patient when you're giving knowledge, giving da'wah, when you're taking knowledge. And basically, as a student of knowledge, you have to be patient because knowledge is something very difficult. It's not something that can be la jasad. It's not something that can be sought and taken with ease. And it's it, because the reward is so great, obviously um, it's going to be difficult. And if, if knowledge was something simple and easy, then we would have in every household that we there would have been students of knowledge and scholars. But unfortunately, there aren't. Also, number 10, you have to adhere to the adab of the students of knowledge, the adab, the etiquette of knowledge. Um, number 11, you have, you have to abstain from anything that affects your integrity as a student of knowledge. So these things, most of them are self-explanatory. I don't think I need to explain them further. Um, you have to choose the right friends. You have to make sure that you memorize, revise, and ask. These three things are really important as a student of knowledge. So making sure that you memorize, making sure that you revise, making sure that you ask questions. You have to respect the people of knowledge, the ulama, because they are the ones that have brought this knowledge to us. So having the, there is, you have to respect the ulama. Obviously, they are not uh, infallible, but they are closer to the haqq and to the truth to end than anyone because of the knowledge that they have.
So we have to respect that people of knowledge. Likewise, we have to, in affairs, in modern day affairs, in nawazil or contemporary issues, we have to return back to the ulama and we have to return back to the scholars. Number 16, the books of knowledge and the scholarly sittings, we have to respect them. So when it comes to books, the books of knowledge, don't place the book on the floor, place it in a high place. Don't make your books a, uh, a, a carrier or a vault that you use to basically uh, store your uh, letters from the council um, or from work method make sure that it's something that you respect when you're in a scholarly sitting make sure you abide by the etiquette of sitting within within scholarly sittings likewise if you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you the ability and the tawfiq and you have a, you've reached a certain standard of knowledge make sure that you defend knowledge defend the people of knowledge defend the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you propagate this Make sure you, have, you learn how to ask questions. The ulama, they even talk about how to ask questions and what your intention should be when asking questions. So make sure you ask the right questions and make sure you rectify your intention before asking a question. Make sure you maintain a passion to continue. This is difficult. As students of knowledge, your eagerness to seek knowledge will fluctuate. Yani some days you, you, will have a, you will have zeal and you'll be eager to learn knowledge. Other days you won't. So make sure that for every situation you seek a knowledge. So when you're, when you have strength and when you have a lot of energy, make sure you learn sciences that are very that are considered to be challenging, such as fiqh, hadith, tafsir, usul al-hadith, usul al-tafsir, wa If you're very tired and you're unable to read, then you can lie down and listen to some lectures, or you can read method and books like the biographies of the salaf, which are very easy. They don't require a lot of thinking and uh, thinking um, uh, energy. You can يعني, read them. So that will help you to maintain a passion to continue. Also make use of your time effectively. Very important as a, student, as a student of knowledge. Obviously, we all have commitments. We Some, some of us work, others go to school. Uh, some of us يعني, are married, others have children. And we all have all of these commitments. But every يعني, make sure that you... Um, organize your time effectively in such a way that will allow you to benefit from uh, knowledge and the sittings of the scholars. I'll stop here, inshallah ta'ala, naqif inda hadal had. Sallallahu sallam ala nabina Muhammadu ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. And um, I think there are some questions. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shaykh Abdul Wahid. Inshallah, listen, I just want to uh, take the screen for a minute and then we'll take the questions and answers shortly afterwards. I just want to mention a point on the course coming up. So I'm going to share my video now briefly, my screen. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Inshallah, what the talk we just had was an amazing talk and we're speaking about knowledge and how a student seeks knowledge and attains knowledge. And one of the ways in doing that is actually studying Mutun, which are summarized textbooks in the different sciences. So what we're going to be offering, inshallah, is a free online course, which is going to be going through this book called Risalatun Latifatun Jami'atun Fi Usul Al-Fiqh Al-Muhimma by Sheikh Abdurrahman Al-Si'di. And this book is a beginner's book on an important topic which uh, 
Ustad Abu Salama covered here, which is how to understand the Quran and the Sunnah correctly. So what this book is going to be giving you is going to be a complete course. There's going to be videos, texts, and quizzes to check your your progress, and it's going to be short lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, usul al fiqh is a topic which is considered an intermediate topic. So that being the case, it's recommended that students who are going to be joining this course they have a basic knowledge of the Arabic language. Uh, if you don't, you can still join, but you're not going to get as much out of the course as you would if you had a knowledge of the Arabic language. Uh, also as well, it's going to be uh, the text that I'll be going through is going to be the Arabic text and speaking about it in English. So that's a bit about the course. Okay, how do you join? Uh, how do you sign up for this course? To sign up for the course, you go to Google Classrooms. Uh, so you type in classroom.google.com and then you go here and it says join class. You click join class and you're going to enter the code which you see on the last on the screen before, like that. And you press join. Once you've done that, it's going to join you. You're going to see the class pops up. So now it gives you the class beginners or sort of fiqh. And in the top corner, as you can see, there's classwork. Uh, the first lesson is a text, the textbook. Uh, which is for you to download the PDF of it in Arabic so you can follow. I've also added the explanation that I'm using beside it, which is an explanation by Sheikh Sa'ad al-Shitri. It's a brief explanation on the book. And the first lesson's already up. So the first lesson's already up. You jump in, you watch the video. Uh, you watch the video, which is there. You read the text, and then you take the quiz and the quiz is going to give you the answers automatically. So that's how you do the course. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, inshallah, the material is going to be uploaded. And inshallah, I'm going to try to do at least once a week a seminar to answer, a live to answer your questions based upon the text only, nothing else. So this is how you join the course. Uh, going back uh of the pdf okay this is how you join let me share that again so go how to join go to google classroom classroom.google.com click add in the join class enter the code which you can see here zero or is that an o three three w a r x and click join once you join you're going to have a video worksheet and a quiz every monday wednesday and friday it's going to be uploaded i'm just going to share a new screen with you so you can see how that process actually uh, happens so this is how the class looks. When you join the class, you've done all of that. You're going to see uh, your classes. It will look something like this, where you go in at the top, you've got stream, and it gives you updates where you can comment and ask any questions you have. Uh, and you go to classwork. Classwork, the first lesson is a textbook and the material, as you can see there. Click that, download the PDF. This is the text. This is an explanation. Uh, you go back to classwork. The first lesson is already up. There's a video, watch the video, text, read the text if you need some more explanation, then take the quiz, short quiz, three to five questions, uh, very basic, and then wait for the next lesson to be uploaded. If you want, in the meantime, try to memorize some of the text or understand it uh, properly by reading the explanation, uh, which is, uh, I'm not sure why I won't preview, but in any, in any case, that's, the, that's how it's done. Uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, there's going to be a new lesson uploaded, inshallah, uh, and that's it for the course. It's going to be it's available now. So if you want to join now, you can join now, inshallah. Any questions, leave a comment in the stream. And inshallah, someone will get back to you within uh, 24 hours. This is a book, like I said, it's an intermediate course. 
very important to understand in the Quran and the Sunnah properly. Uh, so make sure you sign up and join, inshallah. It's completely free, all the content, all the videos, all the texts, inshallah. So make sure you join. The materials, the textbook is in Arabic, but the lessons explained in English. And also, if you have a look here, this text, the text which is uh, available is also in English. So yeah, there is English. However, I explain the text, reading the Arabic, the videos on Arabic. That's with regards to the course. I'm going to hand back over, inshallah, to Abu Salama now to take your Q&A on this topic. And the reason I want to mention it now is because the topic was about is how to become a student of knowledge. These, this is one of the subjects which are, is essential knowledge for the student of knowledge to understand the Quran and the Sunnah properly. Inshallah, I hope you're going to enjoy the course. If you've got any questions, you can uh, send us a message. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Abu Salam. I agree totally. This is really important. It was the right time to actually mention this. Um, and uh, and it was in the right maqam. <laughs> so it's really important. And I'm just re emphasize what uh, our brother, our Sheikh Abdul Wahid, has mentioned. Um, and I advise everyone here and even those who are not here to benefit from this course that uh, the Sheikh is going to be starting in Usul al-Fiqh. And Usul al-Fiqh, subhanAllah, it's a science that isn't really taught that much that often in the, in the West. So it's a science that, subhanAllah, it's, it's, it's a science that needs um, a strong student of knowledge, يعني, like, such as Akhuna Abdul Wahid, to actually be able to teach it. And also, for, uh, for with regards to, um, to, to students and, and how they should basically benefit from this science, make sure you go with the right intention and make sure you start with the right intention and you read the metan beforehand, download it. Um, I think Abdul Wahid, it's, it's available PDF, right? On, online. Yeah, the PDF's there in the class. You can download the PDF as well. And nah. also an explanation, if you, if you know the Arabic, you can follow the explanation as well. So download it and read it before the actual class starts so that at least or at least read uh, the portion that uh, the Sheikh will be reading maybe two, three pages beforehand so that you're prepared before you're mentally prepared and you know exactly what's, what's coming. Um, uh, there's a question, Abdul Wahid, you want to take it? Will the materials, will materials be in English, inshallah? Did you, did you mention it to them? Uh, yeah, that was covered. The material, yeah. the, the, the PDFs in Arabic, but the notes are going to be in English. English, okay, Jamil. Oh, yeah. Um, so regarding the questions, there's only a few questions, so I'll be quick, inshallah. Um, here it says, um, uh, please advise if we can't find a teacher. Alhamdulillah, you know, you can find teachers, you know, even if it's online. Alhamdulillah, now there are many online classes, you know. The Abdul Wahid just, just mentioned... Um, a lesson or a book that will be starting. So you have teachers, and and if you know if you if you don't have a physical teacher or a teacher that's in your area that lives in your masjid method or in your wherever you live, then look online. There's YouTube videos. Medina College has a lot of material. All you have to do is just follow the Twitter handle of Medina College, inshallah Taala, and the brothers at Medina College, and you will uh, they will be able to direct you. Rajih, can you explain Rajih? Rajih means the desired opinion. Rajih means the desired opinion. So in fiqh issues, مثلاً, the scholars of fiqh would mention the khilaf or a difference of opinion in an issue, and then they would choose a desired opinion, and then they would justify this with um, certain evidences and points. 
hard to seek knowledge in a country like Norway where there is no Islam, Islamic studies. The same as the answer that I just gave. You can find, alhamdulillah, seek knowledge online. And we live in an era, alhamdulillah, where we can use technology to be able to seek knowledge um, remotely, alhamdulillah. And this is a ni'mah and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to utilize this. Um, I have just started to seek knowledge and I have learned how to read Quran and now just finding just I'm finishing just Amma um, and learning the meaning and I'm also doing Medina book one is that all I should be doing so if your intention not everyone but wants to seek knowledge to become a scholar maybe your objective to seeking knowledge is for you to be able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon hindsight and basira and there's nothing wrong with that if you've just started to seek knowledge and you've started to finish you know you're, you've you've finished just amma and you're learning the meaning and this is you're on the right path you're learning medina book one you're on the right path um i would advise you to complete your and finish the quran complete your recitation of the quran heaven memorize it and on top of that maybe uh inshallah my advice to you is to read a um the kitab of sheikh bin baz this is a book that I advise everyone to download and to read. The important lessons for for the general Muslims. This book is a small metan book which covers many issues in, in Aqeedah, in Tawheed, even issues, even the book even mentions and talks about how to prepare a, a janazah, how to wash the dead body. So um, that's what I advise you to do and continue doing Medina, Medina book one, inshallah. I've just started to seek knowledge and learn how to na'am, that's I've just answered that. What mutuns do we avoid at the beginning stage? So you should avoid the mutuns that are not at a beginner level. So method, if you're doing, if you're just starting out in Aqeedah or Tawheed, then you shouldn't begin, you should begin with Thalathatul Usul, Qawa'id Al-Arba'ah. You shouldn't begin with method and Kashf al-Shubhat or Kitab al-Tawheed. You shouldn't begin method and with um, uh, generally speaking the rule of thumb is look at that author and and how he authored different books so authors when they author mutun they will author these mutun in stages in different stages so if if we look at Sheikh Muhammad Luhab he authored Qawaid al-Arba' Thalathat al-Usul and then Kitab al-Tawheed and then Kashf al-Shubhat wa hakada so Follow the, the methodology of the authors in, uh, in how they uh, authored those specific books. Is it necessary for people to go to the ulama if they want to learn, gain knowledge of some matters or can individuals? It is necessary for all of us to learn from a teacher, from a qualified teacher. And if, the, if you can go, learn from the ulama, then yes, uh, by all, you, should be, you should do this. But obviously, not all of us can travel to the ulama and go and seek, at, you know, knowledge at their feet. But alhamdulillah, their fatawa and their works are online. So you can see them online. And man jadda wajad, if Allah gives you that, you'll be able to find what you're looking for, inshallah ta'ala. So just know that it's, you need to have a teacher to be able to, um, to, to seek knowledge at the beginning, inshallah, and follow a particular system. Yeah, the book is Ad-Durus Al-Muhimmah Li'ammati Al-Ummah. Ad-Durus Al-Muhimmah Li'ammati Al-Ummah. Okay. Um, that's the name of the book. Uh, is your PowerPoint going to be available anywhere? Um, yes, inshallah ta'ala. I, uh, I can share the slides. That's not a problem, inshallah. That's Adi. Um, maybe the Ikhwa 
from Medina College can can mention how, and we, we can share this inshallah. Um, could you define metan again? So metan is a concise, summarized uh, points of a particular science. So scholars, ulama, when they write a metan, just like the book that uh, Sheikh Abdul Wahid was mentioning now, that's a metan. The book that the, the, in Usul al-Fiqh that will be starting soon, that's considered a metan. A metan is a scholar writing down some principles of a particular science, depending on the, on the, on the, on the subject matter of that metan. Okay? And the most important point, it summarizes for you um, particular points in that particular science. Uh, I should concentrate now. How would you recommend me? How would you recommend me to revise and to learn more vocab quicker within Arabic language? You can learn more vocab from the Quran and from the Hadith of the Prophet You said you're memorizing the Quran and you're learning the the meaning of the Quran. You can pick up a lot of vocabulary from there, inshallah. Um, Abdul Wahid, I can stop whenever you think I should stop. Um, you mentioned earlier what our intention should be when seeking knowledge. Could you repeat? Your intention, ya ikhwati, should be to um, remove ignorance from yourself. Your intention should be to remove ignorance from yourself. Imam Ahmed was asked, he was asked, how should one be sincere when seeking knowledge? How does ikhlas come when seeking knowledge? He said, uh, that you have the intention to remove ignorance from yourself. Okay, to remove ignorance from yourself. Um, are there different types of, no, that's not really a relevant question. Can the book mention about the very generalized mutun be repeated, written here, please? Naam. Adduroos al muhimma li'amati al-ummah. Can someone write it for them? Uh, Brother Zakaria, maybe you can write it for them, inshallah, in the chat. Um, after memorizing the Quran, what books should be next? So after you memorize the Quran, memorize a book in Tawheed, Tarathatul Usul, Qawaidul Arba'ah. Memorize these books, inshallah, after you memorize the Quran. Is the Usul al-Fiqh course not suitable for beginners? Sheikh Abdul Wahid mentioned it is for the intermediate level. And if you're not at the intermediate level, you can still attend, but you won't get as much fa'id and benefit. Even if you're a beginner level, I would still advise you. Okay, I would still advise you to come. Even if you're big, you know, if you may just expose yourself to some of the issues that are in the book. You know, expose yourself to some of the issues that are in the book, inshallah. If, although it's not the correct, you should have some um, knowledge of Arabic. But if you, you know, just see and inshallah ta'ala and, and see if you can attend. Um, and the book has been mentioned, Durusul Muhimma by Ibn Baz. I'll stop here. I've answered all of the questions. Jazakumullah khairan. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.